Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 26. I'm Carly Tizano, a New Year's resolution coach, obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. I am very excited to share today's interview with you. It is with a sweet friend of mine, Lainey Brookshire. She has so much wisdom and insight to share into the professional organizing space. Whether starting a professional organizing business is something that you want to do or are considering doing, or you're someone who just wants to get a little bit more organized in their own life, then this interview is going to be perfect for you. I met Lainey a handful of years ago now, back when I was first starting my professional organizing business. She was such an inspiration and she's just such a sweet and fun person, definitely someone that I could not get enough of. And so I have followed her ever since. She's been such a wealth of knowledge to me as I have started my own business. And if you are thinking about following a similar path, then you are going to love this episode. She has so much wisdom to share for all business owners really, but professional organizers in particular. Lainey Brookshire is the founder of Misplaced Professional Organizing in Austin, Texas. A Texas native, Lainey first launched her business in 2010 as a personal assistant and organizer while living in Santa Barbara, California. She quickly realized that people innately desire to live in organized homes, but often lack the time or knowledge to implement the necessary changes in their lives. The move back home to Austin presented the perfect opportunity for Lainey to combine her passion and experience to create a personalized luxury service for busy individuals, bringing order, function, and freedom from anxiety into the lives and homes of her clients. She commits herself to learning her clients' spaces, routines, and needs to create customized solutions to best fit their lifestyle. Lainey's passion for order stems from her continual experiment to streamline her world by removing both physical and mental obstacles. Her attraction to mindfulness, meditation, and self-growth equips her to work with individuals seeking similar life improvements. Simply put, she loves making life easier. Think peaceful, productive, and clutter-free. Well, <laughs> there's nothing I know that sums up Lainey better than those things, and I'm sure you will see exactly what I'm talking about all throughout this interview. So without further ado, here is my interview with Lainey Brookshire. Lainey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to connect with you. I've been friends for a couple of years and to get to come into this level of where your business is, is flattering and fun and exciting. And I'm so happy to get to support you and appreciate you always supporting me as well. Thank you. Well, it has been so fun to grow into such great friends over the last couple of years. But for those of my listeners who don't know you, like I know you, can you share a little bit about your journey and everything that led you to where you are today? Yes. How much time do you have? (laughs) Um, Well, my name is Lainey Brookshire. I'm a professional organizer based in Austin, Texas. I got started in Santa Barbara, California, working for a family and realizing, oh my gosh, this is a thing. That was in 2010, I think. And Mm -hmm. here we are 12 years into doing this amazing thing. And it went from working one-on-one with clients to the transformative service that can happen when you bring a whole team in and you bring in systems and products and structure and, you know, standard operating procedures, everything that makes a business flow so well and being able to grow that and explore that and tons of trial and error, tons of organizing friends and conversations and brainstorming and tears and joy and support have gotten us to where we are now. We offer an all-inclusive, well, I say all-inclusive, it's more like a luxury done-for-you service is what we do. I don't offer where a client can say, I want this and this. They show Mm -hmm. us what their space is and then we diagnose them much the way that you would in a doctor patient type situation. Or if a a client comes to a contractor and says, we're looking for a bathroom remodel, 
they can't say, we just want a new toilet and a new sink. The, the contractor will say, here's everything you need. And that's been really fun for us on the creative side to say, here's what you need to meet your expectation and your goal. And we'll come in and make that happen. It allows our creativity to flow a lot bigger and a lot better. And we can really deliver a more transformative finished space. Probably since 2017, I've been doing it that way. And we just see happier clients, happier organizers, happier finished spaces, elevated spaces in terms of the aesthetic and the function of a zone versus using shoe boxes that they already had in like actual mm-hmm. cardboard shoe boxes, bringing <laughs> in beautiful products and beautiful labels. And a lot of that comes with setting the expectation with the client about what type of service you're selling type of investment they're making and then being able to find that perfect client to say, this is the service we deliver for this type of client that's looking for that. (laughs) I think that's so true and so important because like you said, the client may think that, oh, well, if I just have the new sink and the new toilet, that's going to create the look that I want, the aesthetic that I'm looking for really help me to find that peace and calm. But as the organizer, you're like, you know, it's so much more than that. You really have to take so many more steps. And it's when you bring in those nice products that really finishes the space and provide some of that inherent motivation for them to keep on top of it, to keep it looking so nice and finish. And especially when it's your company doing things your way, you know, you want to give them the full service and touch everything and complete the project, not just until they're like, well, it's good enough and walk away. So I think that makes a lot of sense. I was noticing a lot. I was noticing clients would say, well, this looks good enough. Let's go into the next space because they were tying the investment to the hourly that we were going to be there. And then I started pushing back on that and saying, well, I'm not comfortable with that. That's my brand on your walls or that's my brand in your office. And I don't want you to tell somebody I was here if I'm limiting it to letting the client tell me when we're done in a space. And Mm -hmm. if they say, well, we don't really need labels. I know that we're not setting them up for a sustainable system because you may know where it is, but your kids and husband may not know. And then they've undone the system and you're not going to tie the connection of the return on investment for having a successful, maintainable and sustainable system. And so Mm -hmm. it's our job to really communicate that all of those little steps are part of our process and be comfortable pushing back with a client on what you do offer and what you don't offer. If somebody says, I'm speaking to a couple of organizers and said they can do it for this amount, can you come down on your rates? Then I'll say, if you're looking for the most competitive cost, that's not what you're gonna find with our company. We're delivering a proposal based on what it takes to do our system, our process and our aesthetic. And we feel very confident behind those numbers. And so it's a matter of, do you wanna go with our service and what we're delivering? Or are you looking for the biggest thing for your book? And both are going to be, still really wonderful to the client, depending on their needs. Both are going to get them to a place further than they were at their starting point. It just depends on what they're looking for. Well, and if they found you on Instagram or the recommendation of a friend, they're coming to you based off of that aesthetic that they are wanting to achieve. And so you have to stand up there and say, well, if you want that, this is what it's going to take. It's not going to be $20 an hour to make that happen. And if if they're going to trust you to get to the finish, look, they got to trust you every step along the way. (laughs) Yeah. And then you got to get that trust and then you got to deliver. So it's a lot on your part of it. Telling a client, that's what you're doing. Sure. You can find an organizer for $20 an hour that again is going to make your space a lot better than it was from Mm -hmm. your starting point. It depends on what they're looking for. And if they have seen your Instagram and they have seen your finished spaces, which you can't ever get those after photos, if you're not guiding clients to that's what you're wanting your portfolio to look like. And that can be a really hard part for a new organizer because you're wanting to just say yes to any client who's willing to pay you to do this thing that we're lucky enough to call our job. It's almost made up. We get to come and play in people's spaces, especially when it's beautiful wardrobe and it's, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I'm getting paid for this. This is so (laughs) fun and enjoyable. 
and then you get to leave. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's like babysitting where maybe you're not ready to have kids yet, but you get to play with kids and then you get to give them back at the end of the day right. and go home <laughs> out of the client's house too. Where like, yeah, your garage is a little overwhelming, but I leave it three and I'll get to refresh and come back again at nine. And then mm-hmm. I've got the to address it again. It's just, it's fun to get to do. And it's all about setting expectations and deciding what kind of service you want to offer. And then as an organizer, deciding what kind of clients do you want to say yes to early on in the name of getting experience? Because right. if you said yes to a non-ideal client who you absolutely helped, but then they told their friend who might also be a non-ideal client, now you're in a sticky situation of, are you comfortable saying no to them? Or is your name getting passed around that circle? Is that where you want to grow your business? Is that the type of organizer you want to be known as? Who is the client you want to work with? What is the service you want to deliver? And does that align with the aesthetic that you're also hoping for in after photos and your portfolio? Well, and it sounds like the service that you've offered and the way that you present it, and even then growing to have such a large team of organizers, like that's been something that over the years you've grown into. So can you talk a little bit about what that process has been like? Oh yeah. I mentioned earlier, a lot of trial and error, a lot of tears, (laughs) a lot of going like really deep into understanding what my personality is Mm -hmm. and how I want to be as an owner and as a boss, because just because you're a good organizer doesn't equal that you're also good at hiring and hiring and training and being a business manager. Like it's a lot of hats to wear and it can be really overwhelming at times. And at one point I had two different teams out. I think we had 12 total team members including myself, and they were subcontractors. And that served a purpose for a while, but it wasn't ever full-time work for everybody on the team. And Mm -hmm. it was nice if we called in sick because we had all these other people to choose from if they were available. And it usually worked out that they had a combination of other odd jobs. And so there was a lot of variables, like it was available on Tuesdays at this time, but not until after that. And only after she gets her kit, you know, it was a lot of time spent on the scheduling. And I'll be honest, it's still a lot of time spent on the scheduling because you Mm -hmm. have to sell a job based on what the proposal is. And then you plug it into the calendar based on the team size that you have and other, there's a lot of work that goes into that part on the back end. and God forbid a moving truck gets delayed or a construction timeline change. Oh yeah. (laughs) It does. You have to plan for that and you have to hire Mm -hmm. the structure on your team infrastructure on the back end to help you be able to manage that and expect that's going to be coming. So Having contractors was a really good stepping point to get there. Of course, I was like, oh my God, no, I could never hire other people to do what I do. People don't think like me or they don't work as hard as me or they don't whatever. And then you reach a point of humiliation and failure and you're like, I have to hire more people because I can't do it all myself. And Mm -hmm. really it's ego that gets in the way if you're like, no one else can do it like me. Yes, they can. And you can teach them. And there are people who want to help you and want to be your right-hand person. And so leaning into that trust process, which is what it is, which means you're going to run into some people who are fantastic and some people who aren't. And you have to be able to identify that pretty quickly and be comfortable letting people know what type of hiring they're coming on for trial as needed part-time, you know, whatever, as much as you can pre-qualify. We do this with our clients too, pre-qualifying to make sure our client is the right person, but you want to do that with whoever you're bringing into your business as well. So we started with contractors, which worked really well until there was a point where we needed more control over how often they're taking time off, what the hours are that they're working. Really, I would say that was the biggest one. What's the time off policy? Because if you have a full team of people who are taking unlimited vacation, it's really hard to book a full-time business. It's hard Mm -hmm. to ever get 
full-time hours with clients. If you're always working around, oh, we have all this business coming in, but the team isn't consistently available. So we may have 12 organizers, but only three are available that week. And you start to have to make, make different decisions based on what the, the client load is because the business was coming in and I wasn't having the organizers available to cover the work. So that helped me make some good decisions. In 2021, I transitioned from contractors to employees and we went to a much smaller team. So rather than hiring a whole lot of people that could cover different hours and have unlimited vacation time, we went to a smaller team of people that we really aimed to try to get full-time hour for. We still qualify them as part-time employees because it depends on so many factors, but the goal is to get them full-time hours. And so we're always trying to book five days of jobs, which is a blessing and a curse because our job is physically and mentally demanding. So while the people that want to work with us are looking for full-time hours, Sometimes there's an opportunity to give them full-time hours, but not being full-time in a client's home, which is sometimes a nice little mental and physical break, depending on what type of job we're doing. Five days mm -hmm. in a garage is like five days of CrossFit training. Oh yeah. It's like physically exhausting and it's so much decision-making and you want to make sure that you're setting up your team to have work-life balance. And if you've utilized all of your mental capacity in terms of decision-making between nine and three or nine and four, they're totally exhausted. And then that's not sustainable for them to be able to show up the next day to be fresh and ready or to stay with your company long-term. And so it's mutually beneficial to make sure that they've got balance in their personal life as well, because we want them to keep showing up, especially mm -hmm. if we love them as an organizer and want to support, you know, we're selling balance to our clients. So we want to absolutely find a way to integrate that. Absolutely. What, what is the benefit to a client of having the team come in and just take over the space as opposed to just back when you were working on clients one-on-one -on -one or just hiring one person to come in and help them? One-on-one -on -one serves a purpose, 100%. There are certain clients that need to work through a space slow who want to have the one-on-one -on -one with the client, with the organizer and with the client. So certain people may just work better that way. And thankfully, Austin has a very saturated market with organizers. And if somebody is looking for that, I can refer somebody out that can deliver that type of service. Mm -hmm. For us, it was more of what do I enjoy better? What type of projects do I want to do? What brings me the most joy mm. as a business owner? And, and a lot of that was also defined by where I see the most joy in my clients, which was really rewarding in what mm -hmm. their reaction was to me. So I found a way to create what that looked like for us. And people will say, oh, you shouldn't this and that. I'm like, I hear you, but I found that works best for me. And then we're not having any problems booking jobs. So I love going outside of whatever the rules are supposed to be. And I still see it as such an industry that's beginning, right. even though it's been around for a little while, it's, there's no hard and fast rules that you have to follow. You get to create your own thing. So I think the benefit is, you know, rather than there was a time when I was selling, I want to say like a 24 session package and come into your house for 24 different days. And that's a lot. If somebody's mm -hmm. a stay at home mom, or if they're retired, want that it feels like a personal assistant type role. You can form a really great relationship with them, but it feels really difficult to complete a space because you're coming in over a short period of time. I think what most people in a fast paced world and a big consumer world appreciate and what I want to sell is getting it done quickly that so we can mm -hmm. come in with a team in a matter of days and transform what would otherwise be a really big project for you 
or a looming project for you, a headache and irritation, maybe an argument with your spouse for a year and a half of, we don't want to spend our weekends doing this. We'd rather be with our kids at a soccer game. You know, it sucks the energy out of you to make decisions on your own stuff. Even for me, for my own stuff, I hire my team because it's just like, why not? I, I see the value in outsourcing it. So you can get it done a lot faster. I often say organizing has 10 steps, it's, you know, starting with the beginning of like getting the ball rolling, making decisions on what you want this closet to be for, or you don't really know, but let's pull it all out, make it a huge mess, do the sorting and the organizing rather than having to shove it back in before the kids wake up from their nap or whatever the case. There's all these things that stop the process from letting it get from start to finish, picking up your products at the container store, making returns and exchanges when inevitably something doesn't fit yeah. or God forbid, <laughs> and it's out of stock. So how do you get mm. creative or don't just use products that you have? Like really it's about customizing the products that you need. You can repurpose stuff that you already have, but if you're not also adding the element of what is it that this particular drawer needs in order to create a sustainable system and the time to go back and forth, well, we're offering that full service in addition to taking everything trash, recycle and donations at the end, because plenty of people will make a pile of stuff that's ready for goodwill and then it leaves their closet and then it lives in their hallway for mm-hmm. two months and then it lives in their garage for two and a half years. And so we're taking you start to finish through a completed space. Transformed is a word that we use a lot. Accountability is a word that we use a lot. And just being able to help that person reach their goals. Yeah, I love that. So for the people who maybe aren't in the place where they can work with an organizer right now or they think they might want to try it on their own, where should they start? In a space that gives you the biggest anxiety, Mm. lean in, define the space that gives you the biggest anxiety. So maybe it's your closet, but that feels like too much to tackle right now. Then start with one drawer in your dresser and get a sense of accomplishment from one really small space so that you feel that tinge, that buzz of, oh my God, I did it. And I like it. And it's addicting. Now I only want my underwear to be folded that way. Or maybe I'm never going to fold my underwear, but at least it's all in one drawer in a container. So it's mm-hmm. more organized than it was when it was mixed up with my socks and my sports bras and my yoga pants or whatever. And then you just, it's going to get worse before it gets better. So if you just know that and you lean into that as well, pull it all out and you're going to sort into the zones. So if, if you're in your closet, it can be your tank tops and then all your short sleeves, all your long sleeves, your workout gear, get it into zones because you can see what you're working with. And then from there, You can decide what type of product you need. If you have purses or bags that you're going to utilize baskets for, you don't know how many baskets to get until you know how many purses or bags you're going to keep or how many are in that zone. Now we come with product ahead of time for the project because we've Mm -hmm. come into in-home consult ahead of time and we do it all the time. So we know what to get and we also buy way more than we need so that we have a little mini container store at your house the week of the project. But if you're doing it on your own, maybe you get certain things that you know you're going to need, like matching hangers and some sorting bins, but you don't have to get everything that you're going to need for the closet at that time. Just get some stuff that'll help you alleviate the space from the starting point. And then, you know, make decisions. I always say, if you feel overwhelmed with the whole project, just focus on pulling out the items that are a very clear hell no. I absolutely don't want this anymore, or Mm. I absolutely don't want to run into my ex-boyfriend or my arch nemesis wearing this at the grocery store, <laughs> even if I was at my house answering an Amazon delivery because he could be the driver or, mm. you know, whatever it is. You want to feel good in what you're wearing always. And you want to be presenting well as your best self. So I feel like our wardrobe is a really good place to start with that because mm-hmm. people don't necessarily see the insides of your dressers or your vanity drawers in your bathroom. 
but they do see what you present first. And so if you're presenting well there, it gives you the confidence to do that in those other spaces that nobody else sees or benefits from, but you. And then if you extend that a little bit, once you take that, you know, well, no one else is going to see it. Why does it matter? Because you matter because Mm -hmm. your routine and your stress level or how you start your day matters a lot. And it does trickle into everybody else because if you're waking up on edge or in a hurry or you can't find anything, it does affect how you wake up your kids in the morning or how you treat your spouse or how you treat people on the road in traffic or your coworkers in the office. It really does have an extreme trickle down effect. Mm -hmm. Well, and so once someone has prioritized themselves and their space and come into the recognition of what's important or what's valuable to them and sorted the stuff into zones, where do they go from there? Focus on prime real estate. So prime real estate is anything between your shoulders and your waist. That's like the most easily Mm -hmm. accessible. You're not having to go too high with things that are heavy and you're not having to go too low with stuff that you're using every day. So what are you wearing the most? You wouldn't probably put your formal gowns at the most accessible hanging space of your closet. Mm -hmm. While they're nice and beautiful to look at, it's not what you're pulling from every day. You're going to put the stuff that's in your rotation of laundry the most frequently. So what are you wearing the most and what needs to be the most easy to access and also to put away so that it's a Mm -hmm. sustainable system for you, right? Because it's mm-hmm. great. I've got a perfectly organized closet, but it's so complicated or it's so crammed full that once I have clean laundry, I throw it in the floor and close the door because mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to put it away. So what's the easiest system going to be for you? What flows the best? And I always kind of relate this when I'm talking to a client on a phone consult to their kitchen, like unless there is a very particular thing that you want to happen in your kitchen, like maybe your husband cooks And every time when he cooks at the oven, he opens a beer bottle. And so he likes the bottle opener to be in the left top drawer. We can absolutely accommodate that. Otherwise, everything else we're going to do based on the flow and setup of your kitchen. So Mm -hmm. do you guys cook a lot? Do you use spices? Are there any allergies? Where is the dishwasher? What is your stuff that you're using most frequently? We're not going to put your grandma's china in the first prime real estate cabinet by the dishwasher, we're going to put your everyday dishes in that because it's going to be easy for you to literally pivot on your feet and do the dishwasher versus take all the plates that you use every day and walk all the way across the kitchen to put them in a cabinet Mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense. And it's like, people don't think of that because they don't do it every day. Not because Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense, but usually they unpack in a hurry when they move to get rid of the boxes or maybe movers unpack them just so they can get rid of the boxes and they think, well, we'll go back through at a later date. And that later date never comes. It's never Mm -hmm. a priority, you know? And that's how I talk about what kind of stuff are we going to keep? If you have all these coupons from your mail and you've got this pile of them, when you have free time on Saturday, that's never going to be a priority to you. Mm -hmm. Something else is going to be a priority. So make that decision and go, if I get on top of my other task list, maybe then I'll start saving coupons again because I'll have the, the brain space and the time to go through them. But right now I don't have that time. And when you do have the time, is that really what you want to do? It's no, but people think it's yes. But you got to help guide people to get to that on their own yeah. because <laughs> most people don't want to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. Some people do. And so knowing what your client needs the most and being able to for a service that meets your client's needs, that's a tricky one too because organized is defined differently by each person's brain. And Mm -hmm. so there's a delicate balance of here's the service we deliver, but I'm also not telling you what organized equals for you and your family and your house and your Mm -hmm. systems. I want to find a way to marry the two because clean countertops is not organized for everybody. 
for some people that would be stress inducing because, you know, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. So how can you create a system that still visually reminds them of what they have, but does create something organized on a counter? doesn't have to be tucked away in a drawer or tucked away in a cabinet or something like that. So which of those steps are the ones that you and your team handle for the clients, as opposed to when you're doing it yourself, like you have to do everything, but you and your team for a done for you service, like which of those steps do you take off of someone's plate? All of them. We do it all. So once we come in and I tell them we can do it all, I'll say there's certain things that we need. It's like, well, how can you make decisions in my closet without you? I'll say, well, well, your stuff is unique to you to us, it's just stuff. And we know Mm -hmm. how to put socks with socks and underwear with underwear. Like the thing where we need usually the most guidance is office and paperwork, but there's questions we'll ask on the front end so that we can get the basic categories and zones down. And then we'll pull the client in at some point to ask maybe 20 minutes of questions, but we can organize your closet without ever asking you a question. We'll ask them in the in-home console, but for most part, for the most part, we'll know what they're wearing the most. We'll do it based on how much is in each category. Once we've put the organized closet away, what usually happens happens. So now we've got 15 black sweaters together, 15 white sweaters together, whatever the case it's organized and the client can see it when it's done. And then once the space is finished, that's when they walk through and go, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. I had 15 black sweaters (laughs) and then they can do the editing. It's also really useful in building your wardrobe because they'll see I've got 15 black blazers, but it turns out I don't have any beige ones. And so Mm -hmm. when I go shopping the next time I can shop more strategically or I can shop with a plan. So rather than being like sale or brands that I like or whatever, I can go, I'm here for the Black Friday sale and I'm on a mission to find a, a beige blazer because that's what I'm lacking in my wardrobe right now. Yeah, instead um, of just grabbing you know, another black one. <laughs> because obviously that's what you like or maybe you right. can't find other ones because they're mixed throughout the closet hanging or they're not hanging there in piles on the floor under laundry. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot too, where you have duplicates, you just haven't been able to find it and you're in a hurry in the morning. Yeah. And so you just buy another one or you mm-hmm. order it online and it's Amazon prime. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. What we do for the client, like a large part of it is we make the system for you so that you don't mm-hmm. have to, because there's, you know, probably a million different ways you could organize a closet and they all would be right. But what we want to deliver to the client is well, maybe they wouldn't all be right. Scratch that, <laughs> but they could all be good in some way. But what's really fun for the client and what I think is one of the most valuable things of what we offer is that we're making the decisions for you mm-hmm. and telling you how to use the space. And there are 500 to a million different ways you could do it. But if somebody else makes the decisions and decides for you and then tells you how to use it, it's great. Cause it's one less thing that person has to think about. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is where the sweaters go because somebody else decided this is where they go. And I just want to follow their roadmap because I need to keep my brain power for my job or for my marriage or because I have a newborn or whatever it is. Let Mm -hmm. us take off some things off your plate that don't have to be done by you. It's some people would say that organizing is rocket science if their brain really doesn't think that way. But most of the time it's not rocket science. It's just something that someone else can do for you. And we live in a world of take advantage of where you can outsource certain right. things. Nobody can do for you. Like you're always going to have to put your own underwear on and brush your own teeth and take your own showers, you know? So that's mm-hmm. on your schedule each day. That's going to be something you have to be a part of for your time management. 
organizing doesn't have to be one of those things. Well, and you're the expert. So you're the one who has organized 500 to a million closets and you know which systems work best and you can come in and implement it in probably a half or a third of the time, or maybe even a quarter of the time of what it would have taken them anyway. And they don't have to make any decisions. Yeah. That's a really good point. The expert part. So people will ask us all the time, well, do you also design closets? I haven't really gone down that avenue. And so what I recommend for them is here's the closet designer that I would recommend because she does it every single day. So Mm -hmm. she thinks about things like, is the drawer going to come out too far for where the door swings open? She's thinking about, you know, this kind of stuff that we think about as organizers because we do it every single day. So I'll recommend here's the closet designer that I would work with. Once you have your design ready, send it over to us and we'll look at it from our point of view because it's already been created. Um, We're not choosing the door fronts and the handles and the, all that stuff. Um, Could I design a closet? Absolutely. But it would take me five to 10 times longer than the closet designer who does it every single day. Could she organize a closet? Absolutely. But it would take her five to 10 times longer because she doesn't do it every day. And so bring that expert in, especially when, you know, we're in Austin, massive Metroplex and there is a company and a person who does every piece of everything. So pull them all in and let them be really integral parts of whatever service you're trying to buy. And where there are services that offer multiple things, take advantage of that because that Mm -hmm. means that they're doing it regularly and they've included it as part of their service because people have asked them to. So it strengthens whatever their service is as a result. Well, and then everyone just has the opportunity to grow within their zone of genius. And I know you, you're always talking about supporting other businesses and that's another perfect way to do it, that you get to do the closet from the inside once everything's installed and you know exactly what to do. And someone else knew exactly what to do before you even got there to get everything installed in the first place. Mm -hmm. It, It helps with timeline. It helps with expectations, reeling it back a little bit. It even helps with confidence because again, could I design your closet? Yes. But those are the things that are going to keep me up at night. Oh gosh, did I yeah. choose the this? Because I just, I don't have a ton of practice with that versus if I know I'm coming in to do the thing that I'm the expert at, mm-hmm. I have no problem going to sleep at night because this is my superpower. This is my niche. This is what yeah. I'm focused on. And that can be a little, it can be scary or intimidating, or it can be fun when you're getting started because you want to take on multiple types of jobs to see where do you feel the most joy and also where do you feel the most stress. But as you figure out what brings you the most joy, those are the things you should niche into and say, this doesn't feel like work. It feels like fun. It feels creative. Mm-hmm. You step into work with less anxiety. You don't have the Sunday scaries the same way that you would if you were saying yes to things that you don't feel as confident on. Mm-hmm. Not to say there's not a time and place to lean into things that scare you. So within your zone of expertise and your genius, what are some of those products that you know will work just about anywhere or the ones that kind of really add that aesthetic touch? So sticking with wardrobe matching hangers are just, they're so simple and yet they're so impactful. It changes the aesthetic of the space by streamlining as much of the visual as you possibly can, because the rest of your wardrobe is going to be different. All the tops, patterns, textures, they're all going to be different colors, sizes, sleeves, you know, ruffles or flat cotton, whatever the case. So the top of where the hangers are on the hanging rod is going to match and it creates something visually the same. The home edit bins we use under the sink, like under all the sinks. Now we used to use the acrylic pull out drawers, which I still like for certain things, but I think it's called the all-purpose bin and the all-purpose drawer from the home edit. They're on the container store. They're kind of spendy, but it's a great product. It doesn't deteriorate. You know, you can get it again and it works really for most under the sink storage spaces by doubling 
what you can do by going up vertically. And it just helps it not become a dumping zone under your yeah. sink, which is what happens a lot. So that's one of our go-to. Also drawer dividers for dressers. We really like the spring-loaded bamboo or plastic. And you can find these at different places now, like Container stores starting to get some competition with other companies like InDesign. Amazon's got some really great options as well. Sometimes you can find things at like Home Goods, Marshalls, TJ Maxx. So if you are kind of bargain shopping in that way, look for an aesthetic and stick with it. So if, mm-hmm. if it's all acrylic and it's going to be different brands and you're okay with doing it a little bit at a time, make sure that it all matches so it's not hodgepodgey because it feels really mm-hmm. good when it's consistent throughout the home mm-hmm. on purpose. It feels like you're extending the design the organization and the system. What other products do I love? I really am a big fan of the acrylic because again, it streamlines what happens visually for you in a space and it helps it feel like it's consistent throughout. Baskets are really great for closet miscellaneous things. Mm -hmm. Like I've got a travel bin at the top of my closet that's got, you know, neck pillows, international plugs, packing cubes. So if you like baskets, it's good if you've got a label on the front that says travel and I don't necessarily need to see what's inside of it, but if you've got a basket without a label, what's in that basket. And those are the places where you guide the client. Like really you do need to pay for the bin clip and the label in addition, because you're not going to remember what's Mm -hmm. in this basket that you access once a year, even though you think you will, you're not going to remember it. So set yourself up with a roadmap so that you know exactly what's up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great tip. So what is the best or the biggest organizing tip that you've implemented in your own life that you love the most? That's a great question. If you can understand your why, then you can have motivation to do the organizing and also to maintain it. For me, knowing that I like to wake up to a clean bedroom and go to sleep to a clean bedroom or the same in my kitchen. I know it's going to be lived in and used and get messy throughout the day. But before I go to bed, I like to see clean countertops. And when I wake up in the morning, I like to see clean countertops. So putting it away and being able to, if you take the time to invest the time and the money for what it means to create an organized space, then when you're tidying at the end of the day, it's a five to 10 minute tidy. It's not a five day Mm -hmm. full overhaul takeover that drains you that you need 10 days of recovery for, or you end up detonating all the stuff anyways, because you're like, I just want to throw it all away. (laughs) It just helps you be a more responsible consumer, you know, starting really young. It helps you teach your kids more responsible consumer habits, understanding what that why is. It's not just about having a beautiful aesthetic, even though having a beautiful aesthetic has a massive effect on how we feel. And you've probably heard this, like your outside environment is a reflection of what's happening for you internally. Mm -hmm. And so if your outside environment feels chaotic and out of control, it's often what we're feeling internally. So if you can take in a world full of things that are outside of our control, our home doesn't have to be one of them mm-hmm. and start really small. The inside of our purse doesn't have to be one of them. We're the only one that uses that. And so make your purse work well for you. Make your email inbox work well for you. Make your toothbrush drawer work well for you. And then build from there and do it a little mm-hmm. bit at a time. It, it really does become addicting if you keep it up, if you follow through with it, maintain one space, start there. Yeah. And the momentum's only going to build. Yeah. I feel like that's a really big answer to what seems like a simple question, but that was a huge question really. <laughs> well, and your answer though is perfect because you can apply it at any level, whether it's your purse or your garage or your home as a whole, you can apply that exact same logic to tackling any part of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to move on to the resolution round to hear a bit more about you and how you set goals. So first of all, do you set goals and resolutions? And if you do, what is that like for you? 
it is an ongoing battle for me. You know, we have our strengths and weaknesses. I feel like the one that I'm always coming back to is what time am I going to wake up? Because I love my sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. five more minutes or whatever. But that's the one I really try to set the most is what time am I waking up in the morning? How am I starting the tone of my day? Am I pushing snooze or not? I do set goals more so in my business than in my personal life. So I could definitely benefit from bringing that into my personal life as well. But in my business, I usually work backwards. So what was the question? Do I set them? Yes. I try to set them yearly, quarterly, and then I break them down to monthly. I don't always get to what does that need to be a week, but I've hired people that I could say, here's the goal for the month, or here's the goal for the quarter. You figure out what it looks like to get us there weekly. And I've noticed that's a superpower for me is to be able to say breaking it down weekly is not my gift. And so somebody else to do that part still accomplishes the goal without it being on my plate because I'm not good at it. Being able to recognize what you're not great at is a superpower in itself. Yeah, that's great. What is the biggest goal or resolution you've set and completed, whether in your personal life or in your business? Well, I was pretty ambitious this year. The goal that I set for myself was as soon as I found out I was pregnant in April of this year, I knew my due date was going to be about two weeks before Christmas. Holiday season's already crazy. All right. I something <laughs> and so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to prepare that I'm going to be overwhelmed. It's the busiest season for work. It's the busiest season for travel, time off, family, gifting, mm-hmm. shipping delays, whatever. And so the goals that I set were what kind of support do I want to have around me in my personal and my business life? And so mm-hmm. I worked backwards by filling out what those are for personal. It was setting up marriage counseling, marriage therapy that we had, you know, set regularly to help keep us in check with each other. Also personal therapy, having childcare set up in a way that I felt supported so that I could focus on work when I need to focus on work and focus on my baby when I'm focusing on my baby. In my business, it meant transitioning a couple of the roles and figuring out what are the positions that we need. So it used to just be organizers and me. Now we have an operations manager who I could not live without. He runs the show for us and he's my right-hand person. And how weird, because I'm a whole business of women and suddenly there's a man on my team and I love it. It turns out that was the balance that I needed. I worked backwards and like, how do we find him? When do we find him? When do we need to hire him? How long does it take to train him so that when I'm ready for maternity leave, he's ready to roll. And so figuring out what that looked like and what his training process was and getting really clear who we needed in that role was a massive undertaking that was absolutely worth the payoff. So Mm -hmm. we've got operations manager, we've got project manager, we've got lead organizers, and then we've got organizers. And we couldn't do any of the growth and the scaling that we're experiencing now without each of those really important integral parts. And being able to set, here's what the goal is, and also set the expectation with the team. We're in a transition, but here's what we're working towards. And here's when we're hoping to meet it has been really nice because it checks us in with what the goal is. And also accountability wise by sharing it with other people on the team, it helps keep us on track for that. And then another really big one I did was I'm always trying to work with a business coach. I always think you should be suspicious if you're working with a therapist or a coach who doesn't also have a therapist or a coach Mm -hmm. because we growth, we all need accountability. We all need somebody reflecting back onto it for our own growth. So having that kind of infrastructure in my life was really big for this year with all the transitions coming at us because you can't do it all by yourself. Recognizing that is, is big. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love those really big picture, all encompassing things that you tackled this year and the way that you ensured you were supported through all of it and the way you broke down even the biggest goals into the really granular components and backtracked. It sounds like you really set yourself up for success now as you've reached that craziest time of the year uh, and going into next year. And it sounds like a lot of the goals are still in process as you're just living them out now, but that is so exciting. Thank you. One of the coolest exercises I did with my business coach this year was something that she calls cake and cringe. And you pretty much draw a triangle on a piece of paper and the point is at the top. So the widest part is at the bottom Hmm. and that's a piece of cake basically. And what's at the very tip is the things that you love doing in your business and everything at the bottom is your cringe. And maybe you start with the cringe. Maybe that's easier to identify the stuff that you don't like doing. Systems and processes are really hard for me. So I want to bring in somebody who's a counterpart that's really good at that. Mm -hmm. Policies, that's challenging for me. Marketing and advertising is hard for me as well. Social media, I'm somewhere in the middle. I have a love-hate relationship with it. I know we need it in the business, but I (laughs) I rather spend my time with the client. So it's client work, communication with the client, with the team is my cake. So separating those two things out, if my time is becoming increasingly limited, but I still want to scale What are the parts I love to do that I want to keep focusing on? And what are the parts I want to hire and outsource? That was really helpful for me to separate out what those were. And I wasn't able to outsource them all immediately, but I was able to identify here's the type of person I want to hire because Mm -hmm. I want these things still have to get done, but they don't have to be done by me. And then it frees me up and it brings me more joy that grows the business. And I think you can do that in your personal life too. What's your cake and your cringe? Figuring that out with your spouse too, or your partner or your really any relationships in your life. It was just a really valuable way to start the big picture because when you look at goals that big over a year, it's very overwhelming. Where do I begin? When is this ever going to feel better? But when you set those those check-ins and you start to reach them, it's so rewarding. Like setting a goal and being able to measure it is so rewarding. And Mm -hmm. otherwise you feel like you're just constantly spinning your wheels if you're not setting that and putting it out there or having some accountability by sharing it with somebody, or even if you're just writing it down and coming back to check in with it. So I'm a big believer in setting goals and I've resisted it for a long time. So I'm saying that as a believer who has leaned into something that's very (laughs) uncomfortable for me. Well, and it sounds like you're doing a great job. (laughs) The support is what helps on my own. It's hard, but having that support and that infrastructure is what really helps me succeed there. Mm-hmm. Well, and so what's coming next for you personally and for misplaced? Great question. We want to continue to grow. We're playing with, do we start the idea of growing a second team again? And so what does that look like in terms of what's my involvement in the business while my kids are really young? I've been big on, you know, I've done misplaced by not living in Austin and still serving my my client base in Austin. And so I've toyed around with what that looks like for us too, as we figure out where we're moving and what does that look like for our family? How does that meet my husband's goals as well? So we're still figuring that one out. We're painting that creatively and trying to work together on what does that look like for our family and misplaced because I'm on my social media, I'm on my website. I'm a huge part of it, but I never claim to be the one that runs the show by myself. So misplaced is anybody. And now Mr. Placed with Mitch on our team (laughs) um, is anybody who helps the system go forward on our team. Mm -hmm. And so I really love being able to celebrate the different people on our team and highlight the fact that it's not one person that makes it all happen. It's all of these people and without any of these really important parts, it doesn't run. So um, continuing to figure out what our standard operating procedures are and then figure out how to scale, continue scaling within Austin. We talk about expanding to different cities, 
right now, Austin is the fastest growing city in the country and there's no shortage of business for our company or other organizing companies. Mm -hmm. I really am big on the abundance there too. So trying to figure out what that looks like, but trusting that I'm hiring the right people and bringing in the right people so that I can step back a little bit to have that balance with my babies when they're really young. Mm -hmm. That's why I started the business is that I didn't want to have to miss big moments because Mm -hmm. I was requesting time off from somebody who, you know, corporate life was probably never going to be the life for me, but I thought about those kind of things and I've got to request time off and I've got limited this and I don't get to use my creative, whatever family is so important to me and connection and community is super important to me. So I built a business around what would allow me to do that. And I think this year and last year are the first times that I've really been able to say, this is why I worked my butt off for 10 years with 12 Mm -hmm. and 14 hour days, because now somebody else is helping with those steps in my business so that I can be here with my baby today. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part about entrepreneurship or even just setting goals in general that you can structure them around your values and your community and what you want or what you want, even just for the season that you're in and how in the long term, maybe two months or maybe 12 years, you're just growing closer and closer to that vision of the life that you want to live. Yeah. So every week on the podcast, we encourage listeners to consider something or experiment or take some action. What would you encourage listeners to resolve to do? I think setting up that support is so important. So asking Mm -hmm. yourself, are there places where you could benefit from additional support? And what does that look like for you? Is that first in your business or is that in your personal life? It's such a refreshing perspective. Really? Yeah, I think so because so much about personal development, bordering on that self-help world, like it's so much about pushing and going and doing more and better and faster as opposed to what do you need right now? Do you need to slow down? What might that look like? And taking care of yourself in that way is what enables you to go further, even if you don't go further faster. And you are an important part of your life. And if you have a business of your business too, and when you have a team, of your teams. So you can be there to encourage them and support them and lead them. It's also important. And you need the support to do that. You do. And if you crumble now, you can't provide work for those people and you Mm -hmm. can't provide parenting for your children. And we live in a world of go our phones telling us how many hours a day we've been on them is extremely convicting. Sometimes mine are 12 hours. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like, how can that be possible? And how is my family getting anything from me at that time? Well, you know, some of it's work, some of it's phone calls, a lot of it's text messages between clients, but also with friends throughout the day that I'm staying connected to or reading at night, things that benefit my family or my finances. And they're, they're things I want to be reading, but they're still on my phone. So it's going towards my hours and maybe it's deciding I want to read that book, but I'm not going to do it on audible anymore. I'm going to get the paper one. And everybody else is going on Instagram and on, you know, you think if you're not working constantly, then you're getting behind. And I think it's okay to say, I got to tap out because I'm going to crumble or I'm going to reach a breaking point. And then it's much harder to build from after the breaking point. It's possible. Absolutely. Some people need to hit that point. And I did this year, several times this year. Mm -hmm. So somebody asked me like, how do you do it all? How do you run a business and be a mom? And the first answer was I didn't. I failed at first and I was really hard on myself about it. And I tried to, you know, you were part of another business that I was a part of, and I had to make a hard decision and say, I have to take this off my plate. I want to do this for this community. I want to do this for this part of my passion. My family's getting less of me and I'm getting less of me by trying to do all of this and show up and pretend that it's all working and it's not. 
So taking that off and making those hard decisions and asking people to trust that you're doing what's best for you and slowing down and saying, I don't always need this season. My kids aren't always going to be in diapers, but I'm about to have two under two. <laughs> And just realizing what that is. I thought I was going to soar into motherhood and be this perfect mother because I control everything. I'm a control freak. Reality slaps you in the face. <laughs> Super humbling if you choose to see it that way. And yes, I crumbled and broke first. And then I decided, how do I do it all? Well, I don't. I outsource it. I have about 10 major pillars of support in my life, including my family, my therapist, my business, the, the important roles in my business. And that comes at a cost financially, but it was the right thing to do. And it's allowed me to take a deep breath. It's allowed me to actually set up a maternity leave this time, which I didn't do last time. So mm -hmm. there, there was a lot of blessings that came because of it. Mm -hmm. Long answer, always long answers. You know, well, and I think it's great though, because we don't want to crumble, but when we do, that's the indicator of where we need that support. And so even that's okay. If it's leading us in that direction of getting the care that we need for ourselves and being real about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So I just have some funny questions. They're quick, just for fun to help us get to know you a little bit better. So the first one you pinted at a little bit earlier, but what time do you get up? Oh, that's a hard one. Okay. So I try to aim for six. It depends because we got a baby that sometimes wakes up at night. So I try to aim for six because he gets up at seven and it allows me to have some moments just to myself, even mm -hmm. if that's making coffee without also trying to balance holding him and doing the bottle and that kind of stuff. My husband gets up at four 30 and there's no way of getting up at four 30 in the morning. It's just not going to happen for me, but no. six is a good time. And if I try to, um, work backwards. I do it incrementally in 15 minutes instead of trying to be a hero. And oh, I'm going to wake up at five, a full hour earlier. Right. That never works. If I'm trying to work a little bit earlier for a season in my life, do it backwards by 15 minutes. Okay. When do you do your best work? Morning. Usually eight to three is my, my very best. What is the best piece of advice you've been given? The support, set up mm -hmm. your support around you. You are, whether it's your family or people that you hire or bring in, you just won't regret having that support when you need it because mm -hmm. there are days when you need to be sick. There are days when you need to be tired or take a nap. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have any of that set up, you can't ever, you just can't. So related to that, what do you do to rest? I, I have hard working hours that end at 4 PM so that when I am done at four, my team takes over until about five or five 30 and they check in with me if there's anything urgent or the next morning at eight. So having really hard office hours where I take off my CEO hat and put on my mom hat and our babysitter leaves at four o'clock and I get to step in and be a mom and be present. Mm -hmm. And I put my phone down having bedtimes for everybody in our family is also really big and having protected weekends too. Mm, like just yeah. deciding that the list is never going to end. There's always going to be something else you can do as an entrepreneur. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, if you're just a person who likes to get stuff <laughs> done, the list is always there. Mm -hmm. Decide when you put it down and when you pick it back up. Mm, that's great. What is your favorite beverage? I drink this so much water. All the water. Mm, I love, I love water. <laughs> and I also love sparkling water. So Austin has a company called Waterloo. That's like the LaCroix or whatever. And I, I think they actually are much further than Austin, but they're based in Austin. And so I love the lime and the peach flavored. The peach sounds good. Yeah. What about your favorite TV show? Oh, 
lately, Ted Lasso, my mm-hmm. God, he was just so optimistic and he turns everything into a learning opportunity as a leader. When I was going through some really hard things in my business this year, and I was watching that show, I was like, I just want to be more like Ted Lasso. <laughs> and I want to lean into discomfort and lean into conflict and find something beautiful in what is otherwise a really hard situation. So mm-hmm. I'm actually on my third round of watching it because it feels good. It's not trauma. It's positive. It's 30 to 45 minute episodes. And I think it's made me a happier person. How cheesy is that to say? Like, no, it's great. (laughs) We haven't seen it. Highly recommend it. I think it's on Apple TV. What book has had the greatest impact on your life? Ooh, I'm reading one right now. Let Go is a really, I'm not Actually, I think it's something Hawkins, David Hawkins, maybe is the author. I've only been able to read three to eight pages at a time because I'm not a person who naturally lets go of things. And so Mm. I'll read it and be like, oh, that's convicting. Or I feel like you just yelled at me. I need to close that and come back to that in six days. It's a lot to take in, but it's been really beneficial to, it was recommended by my business coach who I started with in April. And I'm still not done with the book because that's how dense it is. That's how much I need to learn these lessons. Mm. So highly recommend that one. Ooh, great. Yeah, I love it when, you know, the book that you're currently reading is like having a big impact in your life, especially if it's a business book and you're like, it's not just impacting me, it's impacting my business and my team. That's such a good feeling. What is a win that you're currently celebrating that we can toast with you? Reaching our our revenue goals this year. Mm. Like it it exceeded what our goal was and it snuck up on me and I was like, whoa, oh my gosh, we're here. We did it. And we were able to take a lighter December schedule as a result of it. So it feels really awesome. Well, and I'll definitely toast hitting the revenue goal and I'll especially toast it because you did it in a way that supported you and supported your family and supported your team. And you were able to do that the year that you also tackled all those other big things and having another baby. So it's like all the extra toasts for you. (laughs) And we're closing on the house tomorrow. We set that up the sale that we wanted and the timeline that we needed before Thanksgiving and goals, girl, goals, set the goal, work back with you, assess about it. It's okay to judge you for it because once it happens, you're like, it was worth the effort. Oh, absolutely. So where can people go to find more information about you and your team and all the amazing things you guys do? I think probably the best place to find us is on Instagram. We're really leaning into the video content and we're trying to share more about the team as I'm stepping out a little bit for the maternity leave, but that's a fun place to watch what our projects are like, watch what our favorite products are. If we've come across a life hack that we love, we want to share those things with people. And we try to be funny and real. I try to be very clear on like professional organizers are not perfect. I'm not anyways. (laughs) The rest of them might be, but I am not. And so I don't want to create a facade that I am. So I really like to share that kind of stuff and say that I'm a mom. I'm an entrepreneur. I cry. I lose it. Some days are really good. There's really high highs and sometimes there's really low lows, but it's fun to share all the different types of projects that we do and life updates and what's going on in our world. So Instagram. Okay. Well, we'll all check you out there. (laughs) Lainey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It has been so much fun to hear from you. You have so much wisdom, like on the organizing side and of course the business side. And I've learned both from you over the years. So thank you for sharing with my audience today too. Girl, Thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope it was beneficial. I'd love to be back anytime. You know, I could talk about this topic forever. Oh, me too. (laughs) Me too. Me in the future and I'm looking forward to celebrations and success for you for 2021 and 2022. Thank you. (laughs) Have a good day, Carly. Thank you. And that is a wrap on my interview with Lainey Brookshire. As you can tell, she is just such a light. (laughs) 
(laughs) She's such a sweet person. And she has so much wisdom for anyone wanting to get their life in a little bit more order, maybe declutter, maybe find just some more peace and calm in their homes or lives or routines. I know that I have gained so much from Lainey and I've learned so much from her over the years. I definitely feel more peace just whenever I am able to talk to her. And I hope that you were able to gain some peace from this episode as well and that you will be able to take some of the things that you heard or learned today and implement them in your own life to bring peace on a more personal or tangible level within your own home. Of course, I'm so grateful to Lainey for coming on the podcast to share today. And I'm so excited for this new addition to her family and all that lies ahead for her and her business. And I hope that we all keep thinking peaceful, productive, and clutter-free. Thanks for tuning in to the Resolve Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Chisano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlychisano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.